This episode of the Oklahoma Drill Podcast is brought to you by Joy Mode. Guys, Joy Mode makes all-natural and science-backed supplements dedicated to helping men perform better across their core functions. It is an alternative to the blue pill, but its worth doesn't start and stop there. It also supports cardiovascular health, athletic performance, and healthy blood pressure. It comes in a palm-sized package just like a pre-workout mix. All you have to do is mix it into 6 to 8 ounces of water, wait 45 minutes, and watch the magic unfold. Here are the game changers. All ingredients have been assessed in peer-reviewed journals, and all ingredients have been studied and researched in humans. You'll never go back to prescription or over-the-counter drugs after trying Joy Mode, which contains clinically supported doses of arginine nitrate, L-citrulline, Panax ginseng, and vitamin C. Want to see your confidence skyrocket? Go to usejoymode.com for 20% off with code INSIDER. That's 20% off and free shipping with code INSIDER at usejoymode.com. Joy Mode, ingredients with integrity. Excellence has been established by Coach Wilkinson, Coach Switzer, and Coach Stoops. It's my responsibility to end that standard and to build upon that standard. Welcome to the Oklahoma Drill Podcast with your host, Jesse Curtin and Brian Clinton. Hello, Sooner Nation, OU Insider subscribers. Coach Brian Clinton's enthusiasts of his hats, of his many hats, literally and metaphorically. People who are excited that Love's Field, it's here. It's opening this weekend in like 48 hours as we record this pod. This is the podcast for you. This is another episode of the Oklahoma Drill fueled by OU Insider and the Rivals Network. My name is Jesse Crittenden. I am joined as always by the hat expert, Brian Clinton. Brian, I've seen that hat before. I got to say, I like that hat. Thank that's you. a good Appreciate That's it. a good hat. Good old classic Black Rifle coffee hat. It's a good one. It's a good hat. Brian, I think because this is such a momentous week for OU softball, for OU athletics in general, you know, I think I think this is an episode to just talk about softball and how big this weekend is, what it means to the community, what it means to this program. You and I are going to be in attendance at Love's Field this weekend It is for the OU tournament. So this is not only OU's first home games of the season, but of course they're playing in a brand new stadium that has been years in the making uh, that I, I think is just, it, it's hard to put into words exactly what it means but i think from a broad perspective brian just to just start what does i mean does it feel a little surreal that that loves field is here i mean this i mean it's probably i mean it's going to be the nicest softball facility of any program in the country Uh, from i mean just is it surreal that it's finally here sure yeah it's it's um it's it's I wouldn't I don't want to call it overdue, but for what Patty Gasso has built Oklahoma into, it just feels like it's finally here. They're finally they finally have a palace that is, you know, on par with what what Patty's built um, in Norman. I mean, this is the premier 
college softball program in the country. They're on a historical run, uh, you know, and it, it, it's almost, I would almost say it's, there's almost some fatigue to how incredible Oklahoma has been on the softball field uh, over the last several years. Uh, people, you know, I, I think people get so sick of hearing how good they are that you just, it, it almost becomes monotonous to talk about. But um, this this program has really just blown away any expectations that you could have had um, just in, in what they've done and how they've done it. They've won the right way uh, and they've done things with, they've done things with integrity, whether or not that, I think you see some, the Danny Canales of the world, um, you know, come after them about how they win, but the, the, the teamwork and the, the way that these uh, players have become really like role models and superheroes to, to young girls all over the country uh, that want to grow up and play softball and be like, you know, Kinsey Hansen, be like Jocelyn Allo, be like, uh, Grace Lyons and and you you see Jada Coleman and Tiari Jennings becoming those those uh, role models. It's it's awesome, and they finally have the chance to play in the greatest softball stadium in the country, as you said. And so um, it's awesome. I'm so excited that it's it's sold out. Forty two hundred has forty two hundred fans. Uh, you know we're used to seeing less than 2000. I mean, 1300 and something is the official of Marita Hines, right? 1300 and change. And and now you're, you're talking about over 4,000 people showing up for a softball game. It's, it's incredible. And I think it's, it's well-deserved. Um, and I'm, I'm excited. I, I think that there's, there's plenty of reason for, um, you know, everybody involved with Oklahoma softball to, to be a little bit emotional about this and, and, and to have, um, you know, lots of feelings towards this. It's it's very cool. Patty Gasso referred to it yesterday as a mansion. She said it's time it's time to move into the mansion. Um, it was really cool talking to Patty yesterday because it was one of those things. I mean, everybody was going to ask questions uh, about Love's Field, and you could see there was no there was no shooting down the excitement. There was no hey, you know, this is great, but we still got to win games. No, there was. It was pretty cool to see her open up just about how meaningful this all is she didn't do coach speak she didn't do oh we're just focused on winning games she was like no this is incredible and i asked her specifically yeah you've still got to go win games but do you do you kind of expect players especially the, the you know the veterans who have been around you know for years do you kind of expect them to kind of take it all in and she was like i'm telling them to she said i'm we're going to take it slow we're going to appreciate how meaningful all of this is and it's pretty cool from a personal perspective, I'm pretty excited. I know you and I are both going to be there, which is really cool. You're going to be doing some video for us that that people can check out here at this YouTube channel and over at OUinsider.com. I'm going to be not only uh, writing about the games, I'm going to I'm going to see if I can talk to some fans there. Uh, but personally, there's going to be a press box, Ryan. Press box. There's going to be like media seating, like actual <laughs> media seating where media go and they sit and they work because as much as I love Marita Hines sit and I've talked about this before, but sitting outside as a media person, it was, um, again, not that I'm, I'm not saying I'm privileged. Okay. I'm not saying that's not what I'm saying. 
but it made it difficult to cover those games. It made it difficult without like a proper media setup. And now, you know, and I think that's really cool that they took the time to to put some media seating in there. And then, of course, um, there's going to be an actual like a real press conference room, uh, real media facilities. Um, but then, you know, look at the rest of it. You mentioned how there's going to be more. There's going to be way more seating. I think the seating in general is just going to be better. Uh, the the grass, the field looks incredible. The 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 big board that's in the shape of the state of Oklahoma is re- it's really cool. It's really cool for anybody that's driven by it. You've seen how cool that is. It is important to note that it's not done. It's not done. Um, and Patty even talked about that yesterday. So they're still working on it. Now they've done enough to get it to where it can be played on and where fans can come in, but it's not done. They're going to keep on working on it for another few months, at least like it, they're even the players are going to still be, you know, getting dressed and getting ready at Marita Hines and then coming over to Love's Field, which is pretty interesting, which I think adds to what's going to be, you know, mostly an exciting weekend, but kind of a chaotic one, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's going to be fun. Uh, that's going to be interesting. There's also going to be a dedication ceremony at 11 a.m. with Joe Castiglione and with uh, Joe Haraz, the president. I, I, man, Brian, I just think, I think it's gonna be one of those things that for you and I, as, as media people, you, we still got jobs to do, right? You're going to do video. I'm going to be writing, but just like Patty said, the players are going to be taking it all in. I don't know about you, but there's going to be a part of me that starting at the dedication ceremony all through the the evening, I'm just going to be kind of looking around and, Mm -hmm. and taking in the atmosphere. I don't know about you, but that might be kind of the coolest part of the weekend for me. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where. I think I'm going to struggle keeping my eye in the camera, you know, if that makes sense. Like I'm going to struggle keeping things in frame because I mean, yeah, it, it's just so cool. I mean, the, the, as you said, the big board's awesome, but like, I just can't wait to feel the atmosphere, like the excitement um, of, of playing the first games in that, in that stadium. And, and it's, it's going to be really, really cool. Um, you know, I'm kind of a, this may sound weird, but I, you know, I'm kind of a, the smell of the new grass and the new dirt and like the brand new smell of the stadium, like those things are what will bring me back in 15 years whenever I'm thinking about it and being there, like those, all of those things that you take in, uh, for, for an event or for, for a moment like that. Um, yeah, just soak it all in because it's it's really cool and and you only have uh, realistically you only have probably one or two opportunities like this uh, in a lifetime uh, you know to to open up a, a new stadium a new softball stadium it's gonna be a long time before uh, you know a new official stadium if ever a new official a, a new official stadium happens for for Oklahoma softball so yeah it's it's cool and. Uh, yeah, I'll have, I'll have a hard time not, uh, not looking around and, and, and staying focused. <laughs> no. And I, I've got to say, man, I think it's, it's just one of those things like you don't want to make it, you know, I don't want to make it hyperbole. I don't want to talk about this as this is the most amazing thing that's ever happened, but it's, I just, to see what, and this is kind of what Patty talked about yesterday to see not only where the program has grown, you know, dating back to the, the, the nineties when they were playing mm-hmm. at Reeves park. And it not at something that wasn't even really a facility, not not mm-hmm. really. 
I just to see what not only the program has become, but what the sport has become. And I think it's, it's obviously what it's done to open doors for, for women in sports is, is really cool. What it's done to, to bring this sport to a national level and it's continuing to grow. Obviously all of that is so cool, but I think it's started to, it's really started to kind of transcend the barriers that exist, not only, or like the unnecessary barriers that exist in not only getting access to women's sports, but also redefining what women's sports are and the way they're perceived. Cause mm-hmm. you were even, you know, you were talking about how, how cool it is that, that, that young girls growing up can have real role models and, and like something that's really accessible in, 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 in what this, what this team does to interact with fans and with young girls. And it now softball is becoming a bigger opportunity for, for girls growing up. But man, I think it's just become, I think one of the cool things is it's just become a sport. Like it's transcending some sort of that unnecessary barrier of labeling it a women's sport. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yes. Like it's it's kind of just becoming, it's just a sport and that's where it should be. That's where all women's sports should be. But it's kind of, it's leading the charge and taking away that women's sports, that, that, that un- 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 unfortunate and unnecessary barrier that's been there for a long time. And now women's sports are finally being seen as, as equal and, and in some, and, and, and just exciting as a sport. And you know, you know what I'm saying? I'm getting yes, long winded. Well, well, it's, you know, there's always been the, the, the feeling or this, the sentiment that, you know, I, I mean, women's or WNBA and NBA is is like typically the 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 comparison there. Like, you know, the difference in in uh, crowd and you know attendance and and how how well those things do, uh, or how you know what the differences are as far as how those things uh, those two entities perform in television ratings and things like that. But softball, as you just said, it it kind of transcends that. Uh, and as a as a as a dad to to a young girl that already is excited whenever softball comes on TV. I mean, she's only two years old and she's excited to sit and watch TV with dad. So, um, it's really cool. It's really awesome to, to sit down and, and watch softball with her and, um, and know that these are, these are girls that, that, you know, one day she's going to talk about sitting and watching with dad and, and, uh, eventually probably play on her own. And so it's, yeah, it's very cool and very, uh, there, there's some sentiment to that. It's, it's awesome to see just how far the the game has grown. And, and as you said, in, in the nineties, I mean, uniforms for, for softball teams, I mean, they were playing in like, like early, early two thousands basketball shorts, like shorts down, that were almost down to your ankles. And, and, uh, you know, there really wasn't like this specialized, um, the softball wasn't a specialized sport. I mean, it was just like the, 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 the equal or like the, the women's version of baseball. And it's totally not that anymore. I mean, I would say softball at the collegiate level has surpassed baseball at the collegiate level. Um, it's more exciting. You, you, you have, uh, the, the smaller infield creates closer plays. It's fan. I mean, it's just a fantastic product. And I mean, there's a reason we continue to see all of these records be broken, not just by Oklahoma, but for the other programs around the country, you're seeing like this level of athleticism 
with with the women's side of sports just continue to ascend and get better and better and and softball's really leading the charge in that and so i i think it's really awesome uh that that oklahoma is is fortunate enough to to have had patty gasso help them literally build this thing from ground zero up to what it is now uh and be one of the leaders uh for for that movement for for softball to take the lead as as one of the greatest women's sports there is out there well, that's kind of what she talked about yesterday. She was like, I'm thinking about the alumni who didn't get, who aren't getting this opportunity to play on this field. But she was, the first thing she said was, I'm thinking about the 2000 national championship team mm. and just yeah. all the the players that came that like, it's, I mean, the, the success has been there for a long time. And obviously OU has won three straight national championships, but this, this program doesn't get to be where it is. And the sport doesn't get to be where it is. If it's not for that 2000 team, if it's not for that 2013 team, if it's not for these players that became larger than life icons for the sport, the Kalani Ricketts and, and Lauren Chamberlain and Jocelyn Allo, right. It, it's so I just, I think that part of it's cool. And, and she's talked about even just women's sports as a whole. And you look across the landscape. I mean, I'm going to be at OU women's basketball tonight. They're playing for a chance to, to win another big 12 regular season title against Texas, number one versus number three. How cool is that going to be? And, oh. and Jenny Baranchik there has talked about how it's about growing, you know, women's basketball as a sport. And anybody that's watched this team under Jenny Baranchik knows how exciting and fun that team is to watch. Think about women's gymnastics and, and what KJ Kindler has done mm. for that yeah. program. So again, it's one of those things like, I, I think, you know, the, I think we're working towards a place where there it's just it's just sports and it's just fun. There's it's not about men's yeah. sports and women's sports. It's just sports and it's fun. And the these women's programs at OU are, are doing such a terrific job. And at the top of that list is is softball. And so again, it's like it's weekend. It's almost hard to put into words what all of it means and all the alumni that are gonna be there and all the fans that are gonna be there and 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 stuff it's just there's that big picture aspect to it but then you you zoom in a little bit and you just talk about this year's team which is already off to a i mean they're a really great start i mean they're 14 or now they've won 67 games in a row dating back to last year which is just i actually someone had to specify i tweeted after their second to last win at mary nutter last weekend i said uh Wait, after their last win, I said 66 wins, and somebody had to specify that it was 67. I was like, I literally can't even keep track of how many games they in a row they've won. But this is also an opportunity just for this year's team to be in front of fans for the first time. And this year's team looks a little bit different. I mean, there's there's a lot of recognizable names, Brian, but uh, and a lot of players that have been there for a long time, Jada Coleman, Tiari Jennings, Kenzie Hansen, Riley Boone, Lisa Brito. But there's some there's some newcomers on this team that we've talked about a little bit, but I mean through three tournaments, they continue to ascend, man. And like I don't even know where you would start, but I mean, this is think about the freshmen who not only this is their first OU game, I mean, this is not only their first game at Love's Field, like everybody, this is their first OU game in general. They don't even know what it's like to play at Marita Hines. That's pretty crazy. Ella Parker, man who continues to just be, I mean, Patty said it before the season started, got to have her in the lineup. And through three weekends, we've seen exactly why Patty Gasso had so much confidence in her. Not only the two home run games she had over the weekend on Sunday, but Brian threw through 14 games. She started 11 of them. She's batting 412, 13 RBI. She's got 14 hits on the year, 12 runs, slugging percentage of, 
706. He's got an on-base percentage of, of 512. That is second on the team behind Cassidy Pickering, another freshman. Two freshmen lead the team in on-base percentage. I just that I don't know about you, man, but that's part of what I'm excited to watch is these, you know, Cassidy Pickering and and Ella Parker for the first time in person to to see these two freshmen who have kind of taken OU by storm. I mean, Cassidy Pickering leads the team in in batting average, leads the yep. team in on base percentage. That's insane. What, what how how just impressive have they been for your perspective through the first three weeks? It's absolutely incredible that you have the star-studded lineup that you do for Oklahoma and we find ourselves talking about the freshmen coming into to this week it, it's again and those two Pickering and, and Parker have been incredible and it's it's really promising because you think about you know you go back it, it proves the point of what Patty Gasso has built in this program it's not just the stars on the team, on the field. It, it, it's, it's a program. There's a, there's a, there's defined success year in and year out. And it hasn't mattered. If you go back, think about, you know, um, wh- what are you, you know, what the questions were, what's Oklahoma going to do, um, when, when Jocelyn Allo leaves, well, they figured it out. Well, n- now it's what's Oklahoma going to do with Jordy, Go- Jordy ball gone. Well, they're figuring it out. Their pitching staff's been incredible. Um, but the, the really exciting part is there's, there's so much senior talent on this group. We talk about the four, um, all the time, but it's the freshmen that we're talking about. And I think that should be really exciting, uh, for softball fans to not just, you know, obviously enjoy this year, enjoy 2024 and, and that, that group of seniors, uh, headed out the door, enjoy their last run and, and trying to win four straight, but, the young players on this team that are already emerging as, as difference makers. I think that's really promising because if you look back when Jada Coleman and Tiari Jennings were thrust into uh, roles as freshmen and they had the years that they had, it's really hard not to draw that comparison. It's still early. No, don't get me wrong. We haven't even hit conference play yet, but what we've seen from Cassidy uh, Pickering and what we've seen from Ella Parker, it's really promising considering you have that um, to look back at from from you know the the comparisons to Tiari and Jada. So, yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's really exciting, and you know I I also think Riley Ludlam is is another yeah. one that that we you know I don't want to say overlook, but that's just another huge addition to an already incredible team. So. Yeah, this this team has has all the makings of of being something very special. Uh, the offensive fireworks maybe haven't been at the same level that they 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 have been in previous years, but look, they're still very very good offense. I mean, what are we we're looking at? They're tenth in scoring. Yeah, exactly. Which is a which is they were like twenty sixth going into last right. weekend. Which last week in right. the bats finally came alive a little bit. Yes. You know, yep. but to mm-hmm. your point, I mean, they're still, they're 10th in scoring. I think they're 13th in batting average. There's still room for this team to grow. Yep. Right. And yep. I think that's kind of where you were getting at. Yes. No, exactly. It's, um, they're still, they're still elite in the circle. They're still elite defensively. And the way that these bats, when the bats finally heat up and they are, they started to heat up last week. I, I think, you know, that. Oh man, here we go. Oklahoma's coming again. Like I, I think that that's 
that's well on its way. And it's, it's really cool because again, freshmen are playing such a big role in that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Those two are going to be great for a long time. Well, you mentioned, I mean, the hitting has been really good. It was better last weekend. I think there's still another level they can go. The, the most impressive part of this team through three weeks has been its pitching staff. And Patty Gasso even said that yesterday, Brian, I was, I was going through the stats and I was just in shock. So, I mean, they've got, uh, all six of their pitchers have pitched at least five innings. Four of them have pitched 14 or more. Nobody is allowing a batting average of higher than one nine, six, nobody. Um, which is just insane to think about. Nobody has an ERA of higher than 1.0 or 1.43. And the highest in ERA is Kirsten deal who really struggled that first weekend and has since been really, really good. So over the weekend, she pitched the first full game for any, or first seven inning game of any OU pitcher this weekend. She went the full seven, only gave up one hit, no runs. Kirsten Dills looked really good the last two weekends. But the the person I kind of want to talk about uh, briefly is Carly Keeney, who uh, has an ERA of zero. Zero. She hasn't given up a she hasn't given up a run in in seventeen innings. <laughs> hasn't given up a run. Has only given up eleven hits, eight strikeouts. Uh, you know, I, I j- and the part of the reason why I talk about it is, I think she's we're still trying to figure out what this rotation is. And, you know, Nicole main and, and Kelly Maxwell have been great, but who are seeing the opportunities behind them. Mm -hmm. It's going to be really fun. Not only to, to see her continue to play. I thought she was really impressive last weekend, but they're playing against Liberty this weekend at the OU tournament. And that is a reunion for, for Carly Keeney who played there for, for several years. Um, I think Carly Keeney has been really impressive, but I also think again, as impressive as as the pitching staff is, it's kind of like the offense. I think there's still room to grow, and I think there's still stuff to figure out about this pitching staff. I think in some ways you could say, I mean, I think it would be hard to pinpoint who the most impressive pitcher has been through three weeks. I think you have different names, but um, I don't know. I think we're going to see a lot of pitchers this weekend again, just like we have been. Um, How impressive has Carly Keeney been? And I mean... I don't know through is, have we gotten any clarity about this pitching staff through three weeks or you think it's still, I mean, there's a lot, they're all going to get opportunities. This is still very much a work in progress. I would definitely say it's going to continue to be a work in progress as far as figuring out the rotation. But I also, it's very valuable to have that many arms and not have to really worry who you throw out there that you can have success with all of them. Um, and I think that that just bodes well for for late season uh, matchups against some t- some tougher competition, and it also obviously bodes well for the tournament as well. So, uh, Carly Keeney, if we, we go back to to kind of our our preseason podcast, that's that's somebody that I kind of marked down as somebody to watch, and I remember, you know, obviously Kelly Maxwell was the big name in the transfer. Uh, in the transfer portal as far as the circle goes. And you had Peyton Monticelli as well. But uh, Carly Keeney was the one for me. I just remember I remember watching her against UCLA last year in the tournament. And she was absolutely dominant. Now, UCLA has struggled this year uh, to this point. But that, that UCLA team, uh, I believe they were the two seed, if I remember correctly, uh, behind Oklahoma. 
a lot and of people she, were expecting them to make it to the finals. Yeah, last yeah, year. and they they looked very good, and and Keeney just dominated them. Um, she looked very good against them, and and uh, Liberty had had a good staff altogether. It wasn't just Keeney, but uh, she, she just she brings another uh, she brings another element to a, a pitching staff that already has great pieces. And when you think about the like the left the left right combinations that Patty Gasso can throw at teams now. Uh, you've obviously you've got Kelly Maxwell being the left-hander. You've got Nicole May, uh, Kirsten Deal being a left-hander. Like you, you have a good rotation of of things that you can throw at, at opposing lineups. And Keeney has been fantastic. I mean, no, the strikeouts. She's she's got eight strikeouts, but that's not really. I, I would even venture to say that's not really her strength. I mean, she's just has a very good knack for getting. Uh, players and uh, getting batters in situations that that end up without at first base. So um, she's been great, and I think that she's going to play a major role. The the person I, I kind of want to highlight real quick, Nicole May has always been kind of like the the pitcher in in this group that has kind of worked from the shadows, I guess, in a sense of she's not necessarily always in the spotlight. She was behind. Jordy Ball. Um, before that, she was behind. Uh, help me out, help Troutwine. And uh, even before that, she was. Um, I, I'm drawing a blank on, on the picture before that, but uh, I can see her transfer from Arizona State. Um, oh, oh, it's killing me. You'll you'll think of it in a second. Yeah, I will. Um, Nicole May has she leads the team, 28 strikeouts, uh, and she's got a .980 RA. One point or a point one seven nine batting average. So it's she's been fantastic. She leads the team in innings, um, and she's been really good. and And I think that that's that's very impressive considering that first weekend she seemed a little bit shaky. And so I, I think that she has has uh, evolved and has done a good job uh, fitting into the role that she needs to be. But yes, I, I think as this as this group continues to find their footing. Um, You've got four strong uh, options that you can throw out at any point, and that's without Peyton Monticelli and S.J. Guerin um, in- included. So I think once you continue to get those two moving, who both have 0.00 ERAs with seven innings and five innings each, um, yeah, you just you continue to, to move those pieces in. This staff's really, really good again. We were thinking of uh, Giselle. Juarez. Yeah, G. Juarez. God, I, know. I can't believe I. I know. I'm the same thing. My my brain's already kind of mush. It's already been kind of a crazy week, uh, and it's only going to get crazier because not only women's softball or uh, sorry, women's basketball today, um, but then I mean this weekend's going to be a grind, and then on Saturday I've got um, got OU softball, two OU softball games, then OU men's basketball plays against number one Houston that night. So I'm looking at like a. 12, 14 hour day on Saturday, but that is, you know, not complaining. That's, that's part of the fun. It's just going to be chaotic. I do think one thing, it does seem like this lineup is coming more and more into focus um, than it was after the first couple weekends. Like we kind of know where everyone's going to be for the most part. I think, you know, Cassidy Pickering has kind of taken that right field spot. It looks like she's kind of secured that because I think the, you know, Patty really early in the season was looking at Ella Parker and Cassidy both as that designated hitter. But now it's clear that OU needs to have both of them in the lineup. Like they both need to be starting. So 
Cassidy Pickering's taking that right field spot. Ella Parker is the designated hitter in this group. They've both earned it. They both deserve it. The only thing that's still sort of in flux is second base. Through three weekends, we're still not really any closer. Uh, at Mary Nutter, it was Avery Hodge and Alina Torres flip-flopping, yeah. getting the start. But they all got some time there. Quincy Lilio is still getting rotated in there. So if I had to say anything that I'm outside of taking in the moment and how cool everything's going to be about the stadium, I think that's the one thing that I'm that I'm looking at is what are they doing at second base? Because we kind of know where everybody else is going to be. It's going to be it's going to be Sid Sanders at first. It's going to be um, it's going to be Brito at third base. It's going to be Tiari Jennings at shortstop. It's going to be Jada Coleman, Riley Boone, and and Pickering in the outfield. It's going to be Kenzie Hansen at catcher. Who's playing second? That's 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 still the thing I'm looking that I'm I'm curious about with this team. And I think there's a lot of factors that are going into that. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is offense, which this team again, there's this offense has been great. It hasn't been super elite. If you had to say outside, I mean, just on the field stuff, you know, OU's got, you know, they they play, they play five games this weekend. Um, so I mean, if you had to, if you had to say what you're looking for, what are you, what are you looking for this weekend? Well, as as good as Ludlam has been, I I want to see if they try and find a way of working her in. You know, obviously she was brought in to be. Uh, Kinsey's backup, uh, mind the plate, but she's been so good offensively as of late. I think that with a team that's kind of, you know, I don't want to say struggling offensively, but they're, you know, they just haven't reached the level of efficiency that they want to, if they try and work her in somewhere, uh, and get her involved. But yeah, second base really is the, is the focus. Um, I think Alina Torres is, is probably as offensively right now. She's been a little more consistent, uh, than what we've seen, what we've seen from Hodge, but uh, you know, I, I think again that that's a it's a work in progress, and and Oklahoma, if if I remember correctly, uh, yeah, I, Oklahoma opens up with uh, with Iowa State, and then they've got Texas Tech. Texas Tech's been better than some people uh, maybe envision. They they're receiving some votes and some polls, but Iowa State really struggled last week. They were swept by De- uh, by Delaware, dropped the game to. Um, Lehigh and also dropped a game to Virginia. So they, they didn't look, look great. Uh, when they, when they took a trip up to Virginia, so they get Iowa state next week, there, there are still opportunities to, to work things out here. Uh, and then you've got Baylor, uh, the weekend of March 22nd. Um, and, and two weeks after that, you've got Texas. So you've got some time before those bigger matchups work out. And this weekend I think is a perfect opportunity because, you know, no Liberty, Louisiana, Miami, those are not those are not ranked teams. But as you and I discussed before the podcast, those are also good teams. I mean, Miami, Ohio comes in nine and two. Uh, Liberty is a team that maybe for somebody outside of softball that's not aware, they may just look over at Liberty. Liberty is a fantastic softball program um, and is is typically right right at or right outside the top twenty five, and then. Louisiana's receiving votes and they've been very good. So uh, that's a team that beat Baylor uh, one, one time out of three. So I believe actually the last team to hand Baylor a loss. Baylor's won seven straight since that point. So uh, Louisiana's Louisiana's good. Liberty's good. I, I think this is going to be good competition for Oklahoma. It's not going to be a weekend that they can sleepwalk through. Um, and I'm, I'm excited for, uh, for this team to just continue building 
the momentum uh, that it just it does seem like last weekend was the next step for them to uh, continue in their in their quest for for another title. So uh, good stuff and and really excited for them. It's going to be a lot of firsts this weekend. Who's going to hit the first run home run? Who's going to get the first strikeout? Who's going to you know who who are the starters for the first game? At Love's Field, you mentioned, I mean, with, with Riley Ludlum, there's a, there's a lot of players that deserve to be in this lineup. So there, there's a lot of things. I think there's we're going to see a lot of things this weekend, man. And it starts with the dedication ceremony uh, at 11 a.m. First game is at 2 p.m. against Miami, Ohio. I think all the games this weekend are going to be on ESPN+. Plus. I uh, expect to see a ton of fans out there. Don't worry. Brian and I are going to have you covered here on the OU Insider YouTube channel. We'll have you covered over at OUinsider.com on all things OU softball this weekend. But there's all kinds of things going on right now. We're getting closer to spring football. OU basketball, OU men's basketball plays uh, number eight Iowa State tonight at Iowa State. Then they play number one Houston and uh, mm-hmm. in, in, in Lloyd Noble Center after all the Love's Field games. So that's going to be a crazy day and a fun day if you're an OU fan. Women's basketball has a chance to to win another Big 12 regular season title today. All kinds of things going on. You're not going to want to miss it. Make sure to hit the like and subscribe button here at this OU Insider YouTube channel. If you're not a VIP member over to OUinsider.com, make sure to head over there. But until then, anybody else that's ready for uh, a crazy, exciting weekend of softball at Love's Field, we've got you covered here. We'll see you next time.